go, JB. Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? Who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat the Bengals? No. Welcome back to Fuck You, We, we like, like the Bengals. I am your host, Alex Schubert, and sitting across from me is... Co-host, V.A. Bennett. And sitting to my left is first-time guest... Muhammad Patel. Hey, Muhammad, first-time guest. How you doing, buddy? Oh, first-time guest, long-time listener. I'm doing great, living life, chasing that dream, baby. Living the dreams. How you doing this week, bud? How's your week been? My week has been good, man. First, all, let's, let's introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself first. Oh man, I am. Uh, I'm more of an idea than I am a person. You know? <laughs> okay. I uh, exist in the minds and spirits of women and children across this country. But you're lucky here to be greeted, uh, greeted by my corporeal form. A lot of big words, Muhammad. Uh, what's your uh, Bengals affiliation? How long? Yeah, you been... you've been. You're a big Bengals fan. Oh yeah. Um, I started being a Bengals fan. Uh, like probably in like I don't know 2000 and. Two, uh, I don't know. That's the year they went two and fourteen. Yeah, man. Well, I was seven years old. I was I already fucking that year. It was great. <laughs> well, I was seven years old, and I started to understand what football was, and you know, fuck yeah, I like the Bengals. Yeah. So it's just a, pr- a proximity thing, you know, just in the city. Like, might as well just become. Uh, well, actually, here's what happened. I was um, I was out at the supermarket one day, and um, I saw this like large. Uh, uh, like kind of like a kind of a you know like a fat white man. Um, and, Bengals uh, O line heard. No, yes. no, no, no. It was a, he was an older gentleman. Uh, I later learned it was Mike Brown. And really? I was, yeah, I was at the supermarket and he uh, he touched me. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Oh boy. Uh, well, I am blocked. Is, is that. Mike Brown to get, about to get me tooed here? No. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I don't. I blocked most of it out of my memory. <laughs> But he was wearing a Bengals hat, and that's what I associated with a good time. Oh, man. No, I enjoyed it, so it's fine. Yep. Hey. Oh, God. That's... that's... Uh, I'm sorry. That, that, I, that. So you became a Bengals fan the day Mike Brown touched you? Yeah, it was... Uh, I think he's touched all of us. He's touched all of us <laughs> in one way or he's another. He's touched us. He's taxed us. Yeah. For his, for his stadium. Yeah, it's a stadium. Come to Paul Brown. It's a stadium. Oh. Come to Paul Brown Stadium. Come at Paul Brown. If you're Mike yeah, Brown and Muhammad yeah, yeah. in the bathroom, yeah. yeah. Hey, pound it, VA, pound it. Oh, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is very inappropriate. Well, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Any more inappropriate than Mike Brown touching you? Oh, boy. I, I don't know why we're still going with this, but <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not. I guess. So you've been a Bengals fan ever yeah, since? Ever since, uh... Really, ever since I could understand what football was. Nice. Because they were on TV on Sundays. What else are you going to watch on Sundays? I think becoming a Bengals fan takes a lot of not actually knowing what football is at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you're on a distinguished road there, and we're happy to still have you here And a lot with of us. Bengals fans are like, I don't know anything else. Like, Kansas City what? Right. 
the yeah. San Diego. No, the San Diego's yeah. don't even exist anymore. Right. So let's go with the San Francisco who's? Yeah. Well, that's actually fair, you know. Yeah. The San Francisco who, what, when, where, why, how. Oh, you got all of them there. Speaking yeah. of how, how the fuck was your week, Alex? My week was good, man. Uh, actually, uh, I was able to catch up with a couple old friends. Um, and that's like one of my favorite things to do because I don't really run into like old friends that much anymore. Like uh, when I was uh, a kid, I had a friend named Wheeler who was like, I played tennis with him like all growing up. Like we were doubles partners uh, constantly. We just rode from clinic to clinic together. And I just spent a lot of my childhood with this guy. And I just kind of lost touch with him for a while because like adulthood took over. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then my dad ran into him not too long ago at a bar Louie. And then we just, they just exchanged numbers. Like my dad gave my friend Wheeler uh, my number and we started texting, just like trying to catch up and stuff about like our lives and stuff. And this past Sunday we went to Eli's Barbecue. Right That's before the Bengals game. Right before. Yeah. Where, where'd you watch the game? Uh, I watched the game at the Bell and the Bear. Excellent. Yep. It's Excellent a great spot. bar. Love it. Yes, we, there were about probably seven Bengals fans there. We were all intently watching. And it was a fun time. We were all hooting and hollering when they scored and disappointed when the other team scored. That sounds about par for the course. Yeah. It was very par for the course. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my week uh, to catch up with some old friends. Uh, that's pretty much it. VA, how was your week? Uh, well, while your week was spent catching up with old friends, uh, mine was spent making a new one, I guess oh, you could say. What happened? Uh, well, uh, there's a girl that I met on Tinder. Okay. Right? And uh, everything was going swimmingly for a while. We went out like on uh, probably like two and a half dates, I guess you could say, between Thursday and Saturday. How do you go on a half of a date? Uh, It just uh, sometimes a date rolls over from the night before. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get some brunch? No. Well, yeah, but I don't want this to sound that way right now. Right. And uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I will say that things are going swimmingly to the point where she was like, yo, uh, we should maybe just delete our Tinder and kind of like date each other exclusively. Right? Oh, which you know it seems cool and then maybe it seems kind of fast for somebody that I had just met. I mean that but, is the first step. Well, when you're 36, you don't have a lot of you don't day- have a lot of time to not fuck a around. lot of daylight to burn. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm, I'm out of timeouts. Yes, if you will. All right. Like and Marvin Lewis in every fourth quarter. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. And that was all going well, and I thought that something uh, magical was sparking. Until uh, after one day, then we hung. That we hung out. She woke up like extra, like hungover. Oh. And long story did short, you guys, did you guys drink a lot? Or I mean, we drank. I wouldn't say it was enough to feel the way that she was feeling. Yeah. And it got to the point where she ended up having to go to the hospital like a couple yeah. days afterwards. And she came back with some results that she didn't really divulge to me. But long story short, I think that she thinks that I drugged her. Oh. Which I most certainly did not. Like yeah. when, when I went to her place and stuff, like I, I could tell that she was like a little more messed up than I had realized when we were at the bar. Yeah. And I didn't try anything nefarious. I hung around to make yeah. sure she was okay and took sure she was and we were still cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so all that talk about being exclusive kind of went by the wayside this morning when yes. I got a text from her from a normal good morning text. I said, I don't think this is going to work out. Dude, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And I, and I was like, you know, like it's definitely not your obligation to tell me what's wrong, but I am kind of curious as to why things got turned on their ear so abruptly yeah. and she's like oh it's just not gonna work out it's not what i'm looking for and i was like okay well i really hope you don't think i drugged you and she goes no it's just not gonna work out and she goes please don't text me again oh 
So that is basically my relationship with the Bengals over the years <laughs> when it seems so promising at first and when then it, seems- it just it just flips. But I mean, I guess the silver lining here is she was a Packers fan, so oh, okay. fuck her anyway, right? Yeah. I just had a girl break it off with me on Saturday, so I kind of feel your pain too. Oh man, of, this is like the sad boy. Bunch of sad, <laughs> sad fucks out here. Hey, I'll say this. I'm not messing with any women or anything, and week. I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> how, how was how how was your week, Muhammad? Oh man, I uh, minded my own business, and everybody still loves me. All right, that's good to hear, buddy. And yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. No, no, we're here to. We are celebrate uh, what was actually a pretty decent. Yeah. Week Bengals wise. What the fuck happened last week? It wasn't a win. We didn't win. But I will say there's a lot to like. Absolutely. There's a ton to like about this. Because I thought going in, the Bengals were going to get blown out. Everyone in Vegas was like, the lines were insane. The Bengals are going to Seattle, a stadium that's insanely hard to play in. And they lose by one. Right. Which... All things considered is not bad. I mean, it's not what you want, but it's also not bad. Right. You don't ever, like, want a loss, but I don't think that hardly anybody in the entire city was going into that game thinking that it was going to be a win. Oh, no. Uh, I, no one I knew was like, the Bengals are going to pull this off. We're going to the Super Bowl. No one I knew was like, this is going to be the best game ever. See, I like to go into things with blind optimism. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll beat the Seahawks. I love that because that's what I was saying last week. Remember the power of yes, positivity? Yes, the power, the power of positivity. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, like I, I think uh, I think uh, I, I wasn't here to roast him last week, but I think um, uh, Russell Wilson is a vanilla midget. Yes, <laughs> yes he is. And, a- uh, and Pete Carroll's trying too hard to be a cool dad, you know? Yep, yep. He really is. If only I knew my dad. One thing I think the Bengals did really well is uh, what keeps them in games is their offense stayed on the field a lot. Like the time of possession was like super di- like super in the Bengals' favor. Like the Bengals had 77 offensive snaps versus 53 for Seattle, which basically means the Seahawks' defense was on the field a ton. Um, the, the Bengals fought tooth and nail the entire game. Like they were getting to Russell Wilson a lot. And were they sacked him, what, five times? Something like that. Uh, I think it was four when all was said and done. Yeah. Sam Hubbard had Sam two. Sam Hubbard had two. Man, they were running that 52 Oklahoma defense. Talk, tell us about that, Muhammad. You were kind of shooting the shit about that beforehand. All right, well, it's five down linemen, uh, and then two, uh, two linebackers, and uh, four uh, defensive backs. But what the Bengals were doing was really cool uh, in that – they, uh, the weakness is that linebacker. We know this, right? Yes. Everybody can agree on that. The I Bengals. think the Bengals only had five linebackers um, on their active roster going into the season. Yeah, it's something crazy like that. But here's what they were doing, man. Even with the 52, I think they, they did their own kind of version of it. Because a lot of the times there was only one linebacker on the field, and they would have like a safety play linebacker. Okay, like pull, Jesse pull. Bates or Jesse, something? Or? No, not Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates stayed deep. Yeah. But they would uh, put Sean Williams forward. Oh, Clayton of course. Fedulum forward, you know, something like that. And that's really cool because it's its own thing. Uh, and with this defense, what's really cool is with a five-down lineman, uh, the offensive lineman is confused. Uh, they're pressured. And with them being pressured, since there's all those extra defensive backs on the field also, 
Uh, they're gonna they're gonna throw in a rush. They're not gonna and then there's gonna be people out there to cover their mistakes when they throw in a rush. I think that's really cool. I think that could work really well for them and cover up a great weakness we have in our defense. It really could. And it's kind of nice to have like uh, different looks too defensively if you have people like switching in and out. Yeah, because it's a new coaching staff. Lou Anarumo called a really good game, and in fact, like they held the Seahawks to not a lot of yards. Because uh, they limited the Seahawks, which had the number one rushing attack in the NFL. I was kind of surprised to learn that. Uh, they had The Seahawks only had 72 rushing yards yesterday. And Russell Wilson threw for under 200 yards, which is pretty good, considering yeah. the Bengals' defense was historically bad last year. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, a big thing this year is uh, what's helping them a lot. Um, they're healthy now. Because last year they started off 4-1, and one. it was a healthy roster, then just the bottom fell, like Eifert went down, Mixon went down, uh, then Green went down for a bit, and then came back for like a game, like a half a game, then it was out, effect. and then Dalton was out. So that's what caused the big slide from last year and everyone to pretty much lose faith in the Bengals. But now that they're all back and healthy, they, I really think they could surprise some people this year, and a Big reason why they were able to do so well yesterday, a guy who I believed in for two years and finally had a coming out party, fucking John Ross, man. Yeah. John Ross, seven receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, That's John Ross the third to you, sir. (laughs) Right. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. Yeah. He he had a couple of drops that I wish he didn't have, but he did o- have overall he was he was a he was a treat to watch. He was a he, this is the John Ross we've basically been waiting for. He immediately made up for those drops. I'm not gonna let anybody yeah. say yes. oh he dropped. Fuck you, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the second one was like at the end of the second half. Or at the end of the first half. When, and then he uh, immediately got a touchdown. He, the deep ball that the safety completely missed. Also, here's a cool thing the Bengals yeah. did offensively last week. Everybody, they kept uh, they kept going for the run, even though it wasn't going anywhere. And everybody thought they were running to set up the play action. No, they were running to set up a flea flicker. That's pretty fucking dumb. That's insane. The first touchdown of the season was a flea flicker. It was beautiful. One of the most exciting plays in football. Because like when it happened, the moment the running back tosses the ball back to the quarterback, there's like... <gasps> yeah. You feel the energy you in the feel whole it. You feel the shit. anticipation, then he threw it... Uh, down the sideline to John Ross, and he just uh, avoided the secondary and got a touchdown. And also, also, uh, what's really cool is they were leading with the reverse, making it look like a run-play option. Yeah. So, with uh, John Ross sweeping around for the reverse, uh, he had a linebacker covering him instead of a defensive back, and that is a mismatch every time. You man. can't have a linebacker cover oh, arguably the no. fastest player in the NFL. World-class no. speed. And I really like to see Ross have his little coming-out party, too, because when AJ is healthy again, that's going to leave you know, yeah, they're gonna more... They're not going to know who to double co- uh, cover, and if they double cover both of them, either Eifert or uh, or Boyd yeah. or fucking Damian Willis, Willis. Yeah. somebody will be open. Somebody, somebody will, will be, be open. open. And Uzama played well. Yes, he did. He had a couple great catches. He did. I th- I'm I'm very positive about this. Uh, also, if you're gonna listen to the Bengals, you're gonna watch the Bengals. Make sure you do it with uh, the fucking home team uh, radio broadcast. Yeah. Because uh, I don't tell many people this, but uh, Dave Lapham is my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> that is my. Oh, Dave that's my well. That's my father. I have to love him. I can see the resemblance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yes. I, I I go around Bengals games. And, uh, well, I've seen Dave Lapham pretty close to me, and I yell out, 
Father, come support your only son. I don't know if he has other sons, but Dave Lapham looks like my dad, he... probably. Oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a running bit throughout the years. And well, uh, Dave, Dave Lapham, Lapham is my dad. He's my father. He's uh, that explains why my real father was didn't really care for me because. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, there may have been more to that, but yeah. <laughs> no, he uh, Dave Lapham's actually my stepfather. So oh yeah, look well, at fuck us. Fuck you, man. Brothers in arms. That's okay. There's enough for all of us to eat out here. Yeah, but there was also another player who had a career day, and we haven't even talked talked to him about him the yet. The Red Rifle. The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. He uh, set a career high in completions with 35 completions. Attempts too, right? Uh, 51 attempts, and also passing yards, 418. I lead in the NFL right now. Fucking <laughs> yeah. And uh, before the season, I was because people were calling for Andy's head before the season, but. B- before the season, I was saying to myself, I want to see a Zach Taylor coached Andy Dalton before we make any rash decisions at quarterback. It took Andy Dalton one game to throw for more yards than he did in any game under Marvin Lewis. I don't know if you remember last week when we were making our predictions for the player to step up. You made the prediction for Andy Dalton. That I did. I remember that. He made me proud. You made me proud, Andy. I'm a little baby boy. I remember boy. last year, week, uh, I said my week one player of the game was John Ross. Ah. And I uh, was a season two early on that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this year, uh, I'm feeling good about Andy. I'm feeling good about John Ross. Uh, I feel better about the defense. I feel better about Zach Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, I like Zach Taylor because, because uh, like for one, he looks very excited to be out there. And he hasn't. Also, he hasn't been Bengalized yet. <laughs> yeah, and he also has a cool haircut. Everybody, <laughs> look look at him next time. Pretty cool haircut. Got a nice fade. He does have a nice fade, and. Uh, it was kind of cool watching it get rained on a little bit when he, it was absolutely the. It rained really hard. Well, I'm in Seattle. There you go. But yes, I was just happy to see like some different looks, and there was never a point in time like I would have a lot during the Marvin Lewis era where I just looked at a play and went, "What the, what the fuck are you doing?" Yes. Like they just they just looked like they were trying. Honestly, that's good enough for me. It was a new day. Uh, Grant, granted, there were a couple mistakes. I kind of wrote them down. Uh, the Dalton, that unfortunate, where they were driving down the field and the ball slipped out of his hand. That was the rain. That was 100% the rain. Uh, Randy Bullock missed a field goal. Uh, I'm going to also chalk that one up to the rain. The field goal? Yeah, the field goal. Oh, it was absolute. It was absolutely the rain. The, it was, I was just pouring. The football gods were not on our side at that point. Also, all the Muslim gods were also not on our side. <laughs> right. <laughs> Any uh, any gods you could think of were yeah, um, not real, but yeah. Was, Dre Kirkpatrick had that personal foul penalty where you just like push the well, I forget what Seahawks player was, but you just push the player after. Yeah. Um, I, Kirkpatrick, he pushed him first, man. Let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about how you should be able to push people in the game of football. You're all wearing pads for one. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, during the play, it's fine. But this was after the play. Well, dude, in baseball, they let they let people hit it, whatever. They, they never they don't even try to stop baseball fights for real. No, they don't. I would love to see a, just a football brawl. You know, football. Somebody takes off their cleats, ties them together, has a little bit of cleat nunchuck action, like Kyle Turley throwing the helmet down the field. No. They, 
like in like in hockey, they should have players on the team just to break up fights, you know? Oh, they just let Boons. hockey fights happen and then send them to the penalty box. Yo, let's somebody pick up Marcus Vick. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the football fights. God, there's That's, a name I haven't heard in a while. For well, the best. <laughs> all right, folks. Yeah, he's apparently has. He's been like a career criminal since he's left the NFL. That's good to have a a goal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. At least he has a career, Schubert. You know. Come on, man. We're all having fun out here. I'm having a blast. Yeah, man. It's not like he's a substitute criminal. <laughs> <sighs> Too soon, man. All right. How long have you had that one in the bank? Oh, I just thought of it, man. We just started talking about Marcus Vick. <laughs> we did just start talking about Marcus Vick. You roasted me, but you know who I, you know who I think you know who else we should roast right now? Oh, I don't know, man. These goddamn San Francisco 49ers. The mascot sourdough Sam. I have to scroll down to it. Sourdough Sam. He looks like he just got fired from his job as an off-brand cereal salesman. <laughs> I guess uh, Power Bottom Sam was taken by literally anyone else in the San Francisco area. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's We're all progressive people here at Fuck You Like the Mangles. Uh, sourdough Sam is known for his love of sourdough bread and apparently secret love of magic mushrooms. <laughs> And uh, Sourdough Sam loves visiting football camps and visiting the children of San Francisco, which is very poor planning on the 49ers' part. It's like, hey, who can we trust around innocent children? You, with the crazy eyes and the pickaxe. You're hired. He looks like he wants gold, but there's absolutely no rush for it. No, none at all. Uh, uh, Sourdough Sam, here's an interesting fact about him. Sometimes he has a beard. Other times, no beard. I noticed that. Yes. Like most gentlemen in the city of San Francisco. <laughs> Beard on a good day. Yes. Yeah. He, looks, uh, he, you know, he looks like the son of Yosemite Sam, but he's not allowed at the family reunions. <laughs> he might as well have a boyfriend named Varmint at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are going to go to the owner. Uh, there are a couple owners. I have Denise York. Um, every picture I found of Denise York looks like, looks like she's really struggling to smile, which is a perfect representation of the 49ers fan base. Heard that. Yes. Uh, and you uh, guys have Jed York. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a burn, but I like how in every picture of Jed York, he tilts his head away so you can't see his bald spot. <laughs> Relatable concept. Where is his, is his ball spelling on the top of his head? It's on the top of his head, the crown of his head. And I'm like, dude, just get a yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot Also, of I sell yarmulkes to, uh, <laughs> to NFL owners. It's a, it's. Well, we'll do plugs at the end. Yes, we will. Which he may be able to use some plugs too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got money. Get, get some plugs, Jed York. All right. VA, do you have Jed York? I don't, but. Um, I think that he might be New York's of Far West cousin. Let's do it. We're going to move on to the GM and NFL, ex-NFL star John Lynch. I cannot get over how bad his haircut is. He's the only person on this planet who I wouldn't mind if he wore one of Nick Bosa's Make America Great Again hats. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. He's a huge MAGA guy. Oh, great. Um, In San Francisco? Yeah. That sounds counterproductive. Yes, it is. It's very counterproductive. Coaching. Kyle Shanahan, Muhammad, what do you have? 
Uh, I just look like, I just think Kyle Shanahan looks like Paul Rudd having a bad day. He <laughs> <laughs> had a bad day. Oh, that's a one-hit wonder for you. I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan has the ears of Dumbo, but the face of Ratatouille. <laughs> and the balls of Ariel. Speaking uh, of- uh, the white one. The white Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, speaking of uh, Dumbo, uh, Kyle Shanahan looks like he's a gentrifying force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if this fan base knows anything about Brooklyn, but uh, they gentrified it. I guess they did. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing that the 49ers are as mediocre as they are, considering Kyle Shanahan's ears are big enough to hear the other team's play calls. <laughs> <laughs> they are some big ears. Bigger-having-ass bitch. <laughs> he is a bigger-having-ass bitch. Yeah, Ben Affleck-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. I said the name Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like a mobster who had to make up an alias on the spot. It's like, well, what's my name? Uh, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. I think that uh, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo looks like what Janine Garoppolo wishes she looked like. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Gara- uh, Garoppolo. Uh, <clears throat> God damn it! Come back to me. Come back to you, Muhammad. I think that uh, you know having a quarterback as handsome as Jimmy Caroppolo was the only way to boost attendance in San Francisco. <laughs> Social awareness definitely didn't do it. Yes, it did not do that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like the Fonz if he didn't have any happy days. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about this. Um, in 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo went on a por- went on a date with a porn star named Kiara Mia. Who has the biggest badonkadonks I've ever seen in my entire life? Excellent. Yeah, that date was a race to see what would happen first. Kiara busting out of her shirt or Jimmy busting out of his pants? Boom. Yes. Yeah, and I was pretty shocked to see the former Patriot on, on a date with a porn star. And when I saw her chest, I was like, huh. So that's where the air from Tom Brady's footballs went. <laughs> Conservation, very nice. Here's the thing, man, his pants did tear, but it wasn't at the crotch. It was at the ACL. <laughs> Jimmy looks like he's trying to usurp Bryce Aroni as a new San Francisco twink. <laughs> <laughs> and his backup, Nick Mullins, who played a lot last year, I will say in 2015, Nick Mullins broke many of Brett Favre's single-season records at Southern Miss including 4,476 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, and five sideline reporters sexually harassed. (laughs) I think Nick Mullins looks young enough to still enjoy Pokemon, but he's old enough to lure children to his lair with promises of Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I said (laughs) Pika-goo. Oh, man. Uh, Nick Mullins looks like a rat that uh, that wished to be a real boy. (laughs) He looks like his name should be Slow Montana. <laughs> Running back. Matt Breda. Uh, Matt Breda would be the most effective rusher in the NFL if every gap he ran between was as big as the one between his eyes. Boom. Matt Breda looks like what would happen if they if they gave radio the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Breda unfortunately was in a car accident in 2003 oh. which left him unable to walk correctly ever since uh, but apparently the walking wasn't all that happened and it's also affected his ability to grow any meaningful facial hair <laughs> seriously he has no ability to grow facial hair this next guy does though Tevin Coleman 
throwback burn <laughs> from last year. Uh, two years ago, Tevin Coleman became the father of twins, making him one of the few NFL players to have multiple children with the same woman. Yes. Uh, and Tevin Coleman may be injured currently, but he's been using his time wisely teaching the inner city youth the ins and outs of a hot dice game. <laughs> Wide receiver. Dante Pettis. We have Dante Pettis. It seems as if Dante Pettis changes his hair color every time someone drops him in fantasy football. <laughs> he's got a lot of hair colors. Uh, Dante Pettis looks like what would happen if you tried to blackface a troll doll. <laughs> <laughs> Dante Pettis looks like a ghetto reboot of It, but he's missing the letters S and H before it. <laughs> and we're going to go to his backup, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin looks like Cedric the Mediocre Opening Act. <laughs> he looks like he wears a wig made of fake eyelashes. It's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Considering how mediocre the 49ers are, Marquise's last name is the only time you'll ever hear a, bro- a 49ers broadcaster say good win. Love that. You definitely won't be saying that in the next game. No, not at all. No. We're going to destroy them. Marquise Goodwin looks, man, he looks like a character in a Chappelle sketch, you know? <laughs> I see Larry. And uh, Kendrick Bourne. I have Kendrick Bourne. Um, I said Kendrick Bourne looks like he makes his off-season paychecks by being the way-too-cool dude in anti-smoking ads. <laughs> he has a tattoo on his neck. He does, but that means he's cool. Oh. Shout-out to Rand Barnacle, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kendrick Bourne has some fucked-up teeth. Oh, yeah, he does. Those are some real big chompers. Uh, his name is... His Sound name, it out. <clears throat> well, no... I don't know, man. He just got some fucked up teeth. It, it seems like if he went to the pawn shop, they wouldn't make grills for him, you know? <laughs> and we're going to go to Debo Samuel, the rookie. VA, what do you got? Debo Samuel looks like everything actually went right for Hannibal Burris. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still a burn because we can relate to Hannibal Burris on many more levels than we could probably relate to Debo Samuel. Well, we have never outed Bill Cosby. Well, give it time. Yes. And next, Richie James with that triple X tentacion haircut. What do you got, VA? Richie James looks like a, looks like a constipated Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Richie James is more confused about his own hairstyle than people who. All right, I forget what I was about. I have it here. Just give me a second. We'll edit this, Tanner. Uh, yes, we will. <laughs> Richie uh, Richie James looks like he just saw something terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Richie James is more confused about his own hairstyle than people who haven't quite moved to San Francisco yet because they don't know how to tell their parents. <laughs> Tight George Kittle. I said George Kittle looks like the lead singer of Pennyback. <laughs> uh, George Kittle looks like somebody snuck steroids into a meth pipe. <laughs> Usually a tight end is welcome in the Bay Area, but George Kittle's lip hair can't support a full mustache ride. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, we're going to go to those offensive linemen. No, nope, we still have some for Levine Toilolo. Levine Toilolo. What do you got? Mo, uh, do you have anything? Yeah, he looks like if Dwayne The Rock Johnson did shittier steroids. <laughs> like if he were Dwayne The Crack Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Crack Rock Johnson. Joe Staley, 
Joe Staley, uh, do you think, do you know that Joe Staley's nose grows every time he tells people he's excited to be a 49er? <laughs> yeah. Joe Staley's grandfather is the only one in the world that needed six weeks of weight training to pull off the got your nose trick. <laughs> I like that. He has a giant nose. Got a big ass nose, man. Yep. And we're going to move on to Notre Dame uh, uh, product Mike McGlinchey. What do you got? Oh, I just, uh, his, uh, <clears throat> his forehead is so big. He could never find a helmet that could actually fucking offer him protection. Right. Exactly. He, he's had a lot of trouble with that. McGlinchey? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I said, uh, every picture of Mike McGlinchey looks like he's pretending that his own rancid fart is someone else's. Also, we, uh, I know that stuff happened with, uh, with uh, that other uh, Notre Dame guy. Uh, but Mike McGlinchey looks like he would have a fake girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McGlinchey looks like a forehead slideshow had a McGlitchy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to Lakin Tomlinson, offensive guard. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson looks like a guy who talks dirty to a steak before he eats it. <laughs> I really like that one. Steak and Tomlinson. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we have other offensive guard, Mike Person. Mike Person looks like he can't wait to tell you his opinions about Pantera breaking up. <laughs> Mike Person is the most generic name to ever exist, and he has the same face. To I, I joke to myself, the luckiest person in the world is the guy who forgets his name. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, hey, you're Mike. Uh, what's my last name? Person. Nailed oh, it. you're good. <laughs> Mike Person looks like a slow Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> A very slow Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. And the center, Weston Richburg. Weston Richburg looks like Baker Mayfield if he worked out at Average Joe's Gym. <laughs> uh, Weston uh, Richburg looks like he, uh, he grew up in a neighborhood I wouldn't be allowed in. <laughs> Same. Defense. D Ford. D. Ford made the best move of his career this offseason. He got traded to a team whose Super Bowl chances he can't fuck up with an offsides penalty. Uh, D. Ford uh, was surprised when he joined the NFL and found out that, that the blue line actually isn't there on the field. <laughs> <laughs> that was so blatant last year. And, oh boy. Uh, we're going to move on to Eric Armstead. Uh, or, I, or as I like to call him, Tall Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a lot like Kyler Murray. He does look a lot like Kyler Murray. And then we're going to go to um, Make America Great Again and defensive end Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a football player so in love with Trump that you think he spends his free time deflating footballs. <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick Bosa, when he was drafted by the 49ers... Heard about the infamous Castro district and was like, ah, shit, I don't want to live somewhere where there's a bunch of commies. Uh, and then he went there and he's like, oh, shit, it's a bunch of gay commies. <laughs> yeah, Nick, uh, he's playing for a historic franchise, and yet Nick Bosa's favorite 49ers moment was the day Colin Kaepernick left. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to defensive tackle Sheldon Day. Sheldon Day looks like Jordan Peele if he directed Cool Runnings instead of Get Out. <laughs> Feel that rhythm. <laughs> we got a bobsled team. You can't be looking like that and be named Sheldon. <laughs> you really can't. Dude, Sheldon Day 
fucking gets every uh, anonymous fucking drug test, I'm sure. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like Eric Reed. Dude, also, you can't have that haircut and also just have the squintiest eyes. <laughs> We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to. Uh, do you guys have anything on DeForest Buckner? I don't think we do. Nope. Um, Tanner, edit that out. Uh, we're gonna go to linebacker Fred Warner. Fred Warner has the face of Chris Brown and the hairstyle of someone who fantasizes about tweeting something that will end Chris Brown's career. Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, man, Fred Warner. Fuck! It's just Coolio's haircut. It is. And uh, after him is the most tattooed man I have ever come across while writing for this podcast, Quan Alexander. Uh, Quan Alexander, he has a tat. One tattoo is of himself in a Bucks jersey with the Bucks stadium in the background. Uh, that had to have taken forever. Like, could you imagine how much time the tattoo artist spent drawing paper bags with eye holes in them? <laughs> <laughs> That would have taken a lot of time. You didn't have to spend too much time on facial detail, which is nice. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Just a lot of time in that little yachty haircut. He really has a Bucks tattoo? Yeah, on, on his back. Oh, my god. It's goodness. like it takes up his entire lower back. It's like the Bucks stadium. He's like pointing up to the sky. Probably better is Tampa Bay because you don't really want a San Francisco tattoo on your butt. That might no. Yeah, no, they, they had to save some space for the fucking tramp stamp, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Sherman. Yeah. I actually have a picture from the first one. Richard Sherman found out he was going to be a 49er. You can scroll down. <laughs> yeah, it's the picture of him screaming at the Super Bowl. Like, oh, no, I'm going to be a 49er eventually. And that sucks. Richard Sherman has been known in the past for, you know, like being like very vocal about some things. So Vocal about everything. Everything. So I think with his move to, to San Francisco, he's planning on uh, rebranding himself and just calling himself Dick Shaman. <laughs> uh, I said the only thing on earth more loud and obnoxious than Richard Sherman is Nick Bosa's Twitter feed. <laughs> Again, huge MAGA guy. Muhammad, what do you have on Richard Sherman? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. My bad, I forgot it. That's okay. Tanner, edit that out. He's going to have to do a lot of editing. He's earning that money today. He is earning that money. Uh, we're going to go to safety, K1 Williams. In 2016, K1 Williams was suspended from the Browns for two weeks uh, for conduct detrimental to the team. Though, for being honest, anything that Cleveland Brown did in 2016 was fairly detrimental to football. <laughs> All right, and after that... Uh, safety Antoine Exum. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that Antoine Exum recently released a song, a rap song called Officer Kaepernick, in which he details Colin Kaepernick's struggles, you know, almost like word for word, as if it were a soundtrack to a situation. Right. And so the idea was good, but unfortunately the song is so bad that I'm considering joining the police academy and accidentally shooting him myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go to Kickers and Punters. Starting with Robbie Gold. Wait, can I just say, I love how you guys, uh, how you roasted Antoine Exum, and you didn't even mention his lazy eye. <laughs> Low-hanging oh. hang, low fruit yes. out of his face. Or it's off-hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to kicker Robbie Gold. I said, Robbie Gold looks like Paul Shear's stunt double. I think he looks like a chipper Carson Palmer. 
Well, Robbie was actually reported as having cramps in week one, and with the limited research that I did, I'm going to assume that they were stomach cramps, seeing as how he looks like Jason Statham with a tapeworm. Right. <laughs> and finally, the punter, Mitch Wishnowski. What do you guys have on him? He's a pretty fun, he's a pretty goofy looking guy. Uh, I think he looks less like a punter and more like a Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> He has like a really jacked up mullet, like business in the front and mass genocide in the back. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Predictions and bullshit. You guys, I think um, after week one, there's a lot more optimism in the Cincinnati fan base than there was uh, in previous weeks. So I say Bengals 122, mm-hmm. 49ers, 49. Perfect. Yep. That's why they call him that. Absolutely perfect. Player of the game, I say John Ross. 49 receptions for 49 yards. Seven touchdowns. I think that's fair. I don't, yeah. think, you, I don't think you overshot anything. No, there. not at all. I think uh, I'm going in a different direction. What's your prediction, Muhammad? I think, uh, I think it's going to be 69 Bengals. Yep, 69 Bengals. Cute. To uh, two 49ers, I think they're going to get a safety. Oh, 49ers are going to get a safety? But they're only going to do it because they love the safety dance so much. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they are men with hats, though. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. yeah, what's your prediction? Well, I mean, based off of this past week, I actually do have a lot more hope than I did last week. Absolutely. Uh, which is cool. Even though I've been riding this positivity train, I'm going to keep it rolling. I think, uh, realistically, Bengals, Bengals 31. Bengals 31? Niners 19. I like it. And I'm going to go ahead. player of the game? I, was, I think Andy Dalton shows up again. I like it. I like it a lot. It's his first home game under Zach Taylor. I think the Bengals are – I think they played last week with a chip on their shoulder because they, I think they knew deep down that people didn't think they were going to do that well. I also think last week the Seahawks kind of underestimated them. Oh, for sure. Everybody they knows. absolutely did. I think the run game is going to show up this uh, this week. It depends if Mixon comes back. That's what, Yeah, that's what we forgot. How, how bad was that injury? Apparently it's not serious because I saw that he was like kind of like. He was walking around the field. Yeah, he was. He was like on the sideline. Like he couldn't play the rest of the game, but he was like walking on the sideline. And he left without a boot. Oh, okay. That's, That's a good sign. For sure helpful. Um, Gio looked good too, though. Yep, Gio looked fine. He always looks good. Yeah. He's I, been so he's been so reliable for so long. Yeah. But it, he's I don't think he's meant to be like the lead back. I think it, he's a good He's a good split. change of pace back. Yeah. I remember when he was drafted, I was so dead set. I was like I wanted Eddie Lacy so bad. Then Gio ended up being very serviceable because they picked Gio Bernard over Eddie Lacy. Gio Bernard's been serviceable for years, and Eddie Lacy ate himself out of the NFL. Yes, he did. He's a very fat man. <laughs> Eddie Lacy, if you're listening. That was I'm Alex who said that. that. Yeah, Alex Schubert. Yes. <laughs> I really liked Jonathan Franklin, and then he broke his body. Okay. Uh, same draft. He was a, he was a uh, you might remember him from the Bengals-Packers game where he cost the Packers the win with that fumble. Okay. The one thing I the one the couple things I remember from Bengals Packers games was uh, 
2005. Oh, the, with, uh, with the, the Burger King guy. Oh. Are you talking about the guy who uh, stole the ball out of uh, the fourth quarter? Uh, you, you all probably remember because you're all Bengals fans. But it was the play where they stopped. It was like 30 seconds in the fourth quarter. They had just started the play. And then the guy was running on the field takes the ball out of Brett Favre's fans, runs down the field, and the security guard lays him out. That was a great moment in Bengals That history. was so awesome. It changed the whole tide of that game. It would have probably not ended. I think it was raining then, too. The, yeah, I think mm-hmm. the Bengals won that game, too. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, they won. Ah, uh, man. That was such a glorious moment. But, I, I but that's do, okay. That's a pass. We still have a future to look forward to yeah. now. I think Andy Dalton's going to throw for 500 yards. Oh, oh, he's going to top it again. Yep, he's going to throw for 500 yards, and after the game, he's going to teabag Richard Sherman. Oh, I love that. That's some good behind-the-scenes content. Who's a sorry quarterback now? <laughs> he wasn't yeah. sorry at all. Yep, so I think, uh, I think we only have one thing left to say, folks. Plugs. Fuck you, San Francisco 49ers. We like the Bengals. Plugs? Tanner, edit that out. God damn it. I tried to catch it. You did, and I'm an idiot. Plugs. VA, what are your plugs, man? Well, uh, this will probably be out by Thursday, yeah? Yeah. All right, so yeah, Thursday, September 12th at the Village Tavern. We got uh, Blake Hammond headlining. Blake's a very funny comic. I'm on comic. that show, right? Uh, yes, probably. It would be awkward if you weren't. Yeah. It's like, hey, am I on that show? No, you're not. No, you are on that show. Yeah, you asked me like eight times. But you are on the show. Yeah, you're on the show. (laughs) So, yeah, see me and Muhammad there. Also, uh, you can catch me at Mixwell's the uh, following Wednesday, which is the 18th. September 18th, you're at Mixwell's? September 18th at Mixwell's. Nice, man. Yes. Yeah, I remember the last Village Tavern show I did was an absolute riot of a time. Yes, always a good time. Oh, my God. That was it. One of the best nights I've had in a we long were, time. We were happy to have you. Thanks, we'll, buddy. We'll be happy to have any of you. It's a free show, and uh, there's still room on the VIP couch up front. Have a couple of drinks out of my own pocket. Uh, DM me for details. Yep. That said, if we're doing plugs, I'm v.a.bennett on Facebook. Yeah, plug your socials. Yeah, VA Comedy on Twitter. And I forget what I am on Instagram. Mr. Foodang. Mr. Foodang on yep. Instagram. Thank you. I tag you in all the shit. All yeah. right, so. Uh, Muhammad, what are your plugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wednesday, also the 18th, I will be on a show uh, at the Chalet. We are celebrating... uh, What are you celebrating, Muhammad? uh, Well, it is uh, Blackavelli's Comedy Birthday Bash. How the fuck did you get on that? Uh, Well, that's a fun story. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I was getting a lift ride back from uh, Brouhaha. And my Lyft driver said, where are you guys coming from? And we said, the comedy festival. And he <laughs> said, oh, are y'all comics? I'm a comedy producer. Oh, boy. And then I he, can pay you an exposure. Well, no, I am getting 25 to $30. I'm with it. Uh, actually, edit that out. Bleep that out. I don't want people knowing my business. Actually, you, you know what? Amplify that. And yeah, hit, amplify You know, actually scrap the rest of the episode and just make that everything <laughs> yeah. that anybody hears. Well, I'm getting a little bit of money, and I bought Blackavelli's Comedy Birthday Bash with uh, Blackavelli, Corinne, hosted by Dusty, and uh, they misspelled my name on the poster, That's but I'm also the only one with a full name on the poster. That's what's up, man. They really should use Dusty Lewis's full name. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Legitimate he's comic. a, he's so a good. really good comic. Uh, yeah, and I'm on that. I will be at Go Bananas on uh, 
I don't think this is gonna be out tomorrow, but nine eleven. Uh, it's not. It's not out till Thursday. Well, that's fine. I will have been at Go Bananas by the time you hear this. <laughs> right. I will be at that Village Tavern show that um, September twelfth. Uh, September twelfth. That VA mentioned. Uh, follow me at M Patel Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Follow him on the socials. Um, if you ask, if you tweet at anybody for my phone number and you're available, uh, you know, tweet at me for my phone number. I'm desperate. What kind of plugs you got, Shoops? Uh, I have a few plugs. Uh, I also have a show on September 18th, next Wednesday. It'll be at Muse Cafe. Uh, right down the street. Yep, right down the street. Mike Frank runs it. Um, November 7th, I will be at Pivot Brewing in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Mike Fields runs that show. Yeah, I've heard nothing but very, very good things about it. And um, I have a couple weekends at the Funny Bone. Um... One's not in early October, and then the other one is uh, December 12th through the 15th. I'll be opening for John Reap. It's going to be a hell of a time. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I've heard he's very, very funny. So if you have no plans in mid-December, come on, check, come out to the Funny Man and check it out. Make some plans. And if you don't have plans and you do have some burns that you want to send in to us... Yes. Submit them to, I believe it's F-U-W-L-T-Bangles at gmail.com. If you have burns, submit them. We would love to have them on the show. We will read them out, and we'll have a great time with them, and we will laugh together. So now, I think we only have one thing left to say. I believe so. Fuck Fuck you, San Francisco Francisco 49ers. We We like like the the Bengals. Well, the next person that sees anybody... Point them out and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Let's go! Fuck you. We like the Bengals.